0: Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Hey man, thank you for listening to today's interview with Rich Weiler asking the question, can my sexuality change or be changed? This is such a delicate A tricky question, yet it's one that many of us are asking ourselves. Whether you experience same-sex attraction or unwanted attraction to members of the opposite sex, we all experience sexuality differently than the way it was intended to be. And as Rich tells his story, you'll get a picture of what real heart change can look like. And maybe even get some hope. You will hear some clarifications about what we mean by the word change, why so-called conversion therapy is harmful and unethical, and also what real heart change and healing can look like. Enjoy the episode. Today, we have an episode that has been a long time in the making. I'm so excited about it. We're here with Rich Weiler, the founder of Brothers on a Road Less Traveled, also known as Brothers Road. Welcome, Rich. Thanks, Drew. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. There have been so many husband material men who have been to some of your retreats like Journey into Manhood who have had such a great experience. And I'm excited to bring your insight and your heart to a really interesting question. Can my sexuality change? Or can my sexuality be changed? Why are you passionate about this topic?
1: Well, it comes from my lived experience of um many years struggling with my the issue around same sex attraction around my sexuality trying to understand it and feeling so alone in it thinking okay there's a gay world out there i know that but there's nobody who's trying to align their sexuality with their faith and and like like i am and so i spent a lot of years in the wilderness so to speak alone and once i had found some answers i really felt this Uh, passion to reach out, create a website, tell their stories, uh, connect men like you do with the husband material community to, to know that you're not alone. There's others out there struggling with these same issues, and there are answers.
0: Yes, there are answers not rooted in shame. Right.
1: Well, mostly what you hear in the world, the secular world is saying, leave your faith or go join a gay affirming church or something. Just leave that behind and go be gay. Your sexuality is unchangeable. There's nothing you can do about it. So, you know, in, indulge it, live that way. And the, the so much of the church is saying, um, just keep your pants zipped, you know, restrain it, and you'll be fine. You can be a full member of the church. You can be, you know, participating in everything. Um, just don't act on it like well, okay, but that where does that leave my heart? Where does that leave my emotions, my shame, my you know underlying issues like you're you're so aware so much of purity culture as you talk about is about just don't do it and count the days and that kind of thing instead of well let's deal with the underlying issues. So when you ask can sexuality change or can it be changed? really it's I don't know, but let's look at the underlying issues and address those, and as those experience some healing, you you meet some unmet needs, or heal some uh, unhealed wounds, then your sexuality could show up differently. I was talking to somebody last night who said that he had been gay, happily gay for 20 years, and then he um, recognized the trauma he had, he did therapy about his trauma, and he doesn't feel same-sex attracted anymore, and it's like, but he didn't he wasn't distressed about it to begin with. He wasn't trying to change it, but he found out why he was experiencing that, you know?
0: Yeah, and on the other side, some of us have been trying to change or remove or just overcome unwanted attractions for many years and they feel completely fixed and unchangeable.
1: Definitely, that's why why there's no definitive answer to uh, can my sexuality change or be changed. Is I don't know, but if there's there's underlying healing to do, let's deal with that and then see what comes out, what your options are at that point. Because our starting point in the Brothers Road community is self acceptance. You are good and valuable just as you are today, unchanged, and even if you never change, God loves you today, and you don't have to perform or whatever to receive god's love and acceptance so that's our starting point point. and uh you know a lot of a lot of uh organizations or people out there it's like okay it's all about self-acceptance i accept myself good i'm done let's go have a pride parade or something and we're, we're all done but for us that's our starting point is our starting point is self-acceptance now that i really love and accept myself and accept that god loves me as i am today I deserve more. I deserve better. I'm called to more. So let me, from that grounded place of connection, acceptance, brotherhood, community, um, discipleship, let me then build on that and s- see what I can do to ex- uh, to heal, to explore these uh, the source of some of these unwanted feelings and and behaviors, and and heal what's underneath that.
0: Yeah, Rich, what's your personal story with all of this?
1: It's probably a little different from a lot of men in that um, my first sexual feelings were definitely for girls and for women, um, no question. I had access to Playboy at a young age and, and things like that and started experiencing my sexuality through that. Um, but as I looked at other porn that had couples in it, and this is before the internet, I had to go out and find this stuff, but <laughs> it didn't come to me in my pocket. Uh, but I had, as I looked at some of more hardcore porn that had couples in it, I was identifying with the man, and then I started lusting after the man. So it's not an exaggeration to say that porn, to a great extent, actually altered my sexuality. It altered my arousal template. Now, I was already, I'd say, wounded enough around issues or issues around men and women that I was fertile ground for that shift. Right. But porn was the original shift for me. It also put me in a place where um, men cruised me, uh, while I was still a teenager. And I was, you know, sought after by by a man, I got scared and ran out. But um, but it put me in a place like, wow, I'm I'm wanted. I'm wanted by another man. I'm wanted. um, I'm wanted. Because I'm male whereas I had grown up with a, what I would say, a controlling, uh, shaming mother and um, a disinterested father. And so, where I felt my, my maleness, my very masculinity and maleness was shamed. It wasn't, it it, it wasn't quite as acceptable, right? So, that was kind of the dynamic, what was going on in my head anyway. And so, there was fertile ground for when I started looking at porn that had men in it. And then Men started showing interest in me it it shifted my arousal template it it it, uh, in a significant way so i'm really you know if i could go back and i think if i never looked at porn how would my life have been different my whole trajectory of my life might have been different there are other things going on obviously i already had that that background and then feeling bullied at school not feeling like i really belonged among the males, I knew I wasn't a woman, but I didn't quite feel like a man. So that's this complex space that I was in. Moved to Los Angeles and decided, you know what? I'm going to give this gay life thing a try and started uh, dating men, living a gay life to some extent, not very openly, not openly to friends and family, but, you know, sort sort of, and this is the late 80s and uh, so started to live that life. And, um, but at the same time, I was going to church and trying to identify, you know, where was my life going? I met a woman there who um, was very attractive and very accepting. And I told her what I was going through. And she said, so where does that leave us? Or what do we do? So it wasn't like, "Uh, I'm out of here. It was what do we do? And I think that might be the moment I fell in love with her, that kind of acceptance. And, uh, she was sort of with me in the discovery. We went to a gay club together at one point to go dancing because they had better music and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's at some at one point she said to me, you know, you don't have to be choose me, but maybe you should at least choose a gender. <laughs> yeah. And so we had a great relationship about this about trying to understand this. And the thing is that when I was with her, I was a better man. When I was with her, I was Christian. I wanted a better life. I um, sought out God. I could see a future that was very different when I was with men. It was all about the sex and parties and who's the youngest and who's the fittest and who's the best looking. And it was not. Now, this is just my experience. I don't want to, you know, besmirch the entire gay world. That was my experience. And uh, but it it did not bring out the best in me at all. So that's really what what shifted. We married, and I my a therapist suggested I was a sex addict, so I started going to twelve step. I thought that's it, you know, I, I, I can do I can deal with that, and so I started going to twelve step uh, meetings, which helped some, but I still struggled for the first nine years of our marriage, and she was aware of it, and she stood by me, but I also knew that she had a limit that at some point she was going to say, I can't take this anymore. So, and her strength was really, she had this great compassion mixed with strength that was perfect for me. And at one point I found uh, therapy and that really changed my framework, changed my world. I understood that I, where this need for male community and connection came from, that I never really felt it from my father or for brothers, brotherhood. You know, I didn't have that, and that I'd sexualize that need. So that my work was to experience. That. It's the most powerful thing my therapist said to me is, "You, you have a need to be with men, to have male community. That's a need, not a want. And you will get that need met, but you can choose whether to do it in healthy ways or unhealthy ways. You can choose whether to meet that need platonically or sexually. And that was both very freeing and very scary." because i didn't really know what platonic male intimacy looked like i'd never really experienced it so started experiencing that and so was able to be completely faithful to my wife for the second nine years of our marriage um she died after 18 years of marriage she died of breast cancer Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, so but you know i was faithful to her at that point when she was going through the worst of it and so Our marriage went through quite a few challenges, but it was so much better being free of that kind of pull. Uh, We'd moved from Los Angeles to Virginia by then, and I would know where to act out here if I wanted to. You know, just this wasn't where any of that happened. Um, So it was a a much better, far better place to be.
0: I hear so much healing in this story. It's amazing.
1: And for some men, yeah, there's going to be some. It's going to, their sexuality is going to show up differently. And for others, not so much. Um, but I have always said that the real goal here is peace, um, not heterosexuality. Uh, there are a lot of really messed up heterosexuals out there that's not that's not going to, you know, fix everything. Um, so the real goal is peace, and specifically peace that comes in a way that your behaviors and your thoughts are in line with your values, And in line with what you feel called to be with your higher self, we would say.
0: I love that so much. I love the way you have languaged all of this. So if that's the goal, what's not the goal?
1: Well, the goal can't necessarily be, I want to be only attracted to women and not to men anymore. It's like... I kind of discourage people from setting that as a goal and an intention, and say, you know what, I, I don't know if you're going to get there, but let's look at the the underlying issues. A lot of a lot of uh, SSA men, same sex attracted men, have some significant wound- woundedness around women, and they're never going to be a lot attracted to women as long as they're transferring their past traumas with women onto every woman they meet. It just isn't going to happen, right? So it's I, I know the goal is self-acceptance, um having brotherhood and community. What's not the goal is isolation, suppression, um I- ignoring it, pretending it's not there um and and shame.
0: yeah, and this really applies to any man, <laughs> as we've talked about, everyone has unwanted sexual attraction of some kind,
1: probably, yeah.
0: Even if you identify as heterosexual and you're attracted to your wife, odds are, if you're like me, sometimes you're attracted to other women that you would prefer to not be attracted to. Or, as I've opened up about at the recent Porn Free Man conference, being attracted to someone who is trans. Like, where does that come from? What's going on there? Uh, There are all kinds of unwanted sexual attraction and no one is completely aligned no one has complete alignment between what we believe and what we value and what we experience and what we choose and how we feel so i think this is for everyone
1: when i was 20 everything was so black and white and right and wrong you know but the more i've, I've been doing this work for over 20 years with with men and with journey into manhood and uh, it makes me realize how complex this is how there are many gray areas there are how individual and unique it is but you make a good point about that applies to every man so we uh, with journey into manhood is now 21 years old and so we just had some 20 year olds come through journey into manhood and so they were born after the first journey into manhood we ever did which is kind of mind-blowing but we're we're now broadening it a version of it that we're calling a new man to apply to men from all walks of life men generally so kind of changing just a, a few of the processes not that much has to even change but a few of the processes so they're more applicable to men across the board and not ssa uh specific because we've had heterosexual men go through journey into manhood and and benefit greatly and become better men because of it um and uh, as as you said it's, it's there's not that much that's related specifically to same-sex attraction
0: yeah I think husband material is similar. It's a place where no matter what your attractions are, men from all different backgrounds are coming together for healing because we all need more self-awareness, self-compassion and growth. Uh, we can all become better, more mature. And so there are these unique spaces because most men's ministries out there either marginalize same-sex experiences and don't really have a, a safe place to share, or it's like only focused on ssa and it's only focused on on guys who all share that in common whereas i think what we're trying to build is something more integrated
1: yes and that's where we're we're going also we'll still have journey into manhood that's really specifically ssa focused because some men that's the only way they're going to feel safe it's scary enough entering a community for a weekend of men you've some of these men have never even told their story to anybody before but they walk into a room there's 40 other men there and gosh, they look kind of normal. They look like just everybody else. And suddenly it's safe, you know. So we still want to offer that. But we also want to broaden and offer to what we what we do with experiential healing um, weekends and offer that to a broader cross-section of men.
0: And it sounds like, although porn shifted your arousal template, your arousal template began to reshift and also changed. How would you describe that change? Well,
1: so the the question you started with is, can sexuality change? Um, You know, I think for most, many of us, probably most of us, sexuality is fluid throughout life. It shifts as we age. Uh, I I talk to men where, you know, if they're frustrated, if they're angry, if they're um, feeling bad, their same-sex attraction is gonna increase. If they're feeling good about themselves, if they're in a good place, it decreases. It's not where they go, they don't go to same-sex arousal to deal with whatever their feelings. So I get asked the question, are you saying people can go from gay to straight? And my response is sexuality is way too nuanced and individual for me to say yes or no. I don't, And it depends on what you mean. Uh, by by gay, what you mean by change but there are a couple of factors that that clearly are um, changeable or malleable. One is identity. Um, if gay by gay you mean an identity we all choose our identity that may be the most malleable thing. We all choose our identities whether that we want to label ourselves that way or not we want to choose a different label We don't want to label it all. We get to cho- choose our identities and that's changeable are the way we live our lives our lifestyle if you will um obviously we choose whether to pursue a gay life or a straight life or something else and that's within the realm of of choice of lifestyle and life uh, patterns Uh, if by gay some people mean same-sex lust obviously lust is something that can be diminished surrendered or eliminated and there are means to do that and whether it's same-sex lust or opposite sex lust or something else that can be diminished um, and sometimes even eliminated and then i would say if by gay you mean a feeling or attraction we can take all that is good about being attracted to men all that is positive and ennobling about wanting to be with men admiring masculinity and take that and celebrate it and uh, and then turn from all that is negative or harmful about that attraction or those feelings and uh, choose to to live from what is bad, from what is good and not from what is harmful. So those are some ways that uh, if we're describing change that, that yeah, it kind of depends on what what you mean. But I've, I've found men to find some freedom just by changing the label and not identifying themselves uh, that way anymore and recognizing the amount of choice that we do have in the way we think about ourselves, the way we look, the way we behave, the way we live our lives, what we pursue. We have a lot more choice
0: than we think. Amen. Man, spelling that out was really helpful. This is so this is so affirming and empowering. Like this is promoting self-acceptance, self-confidence and self-determination. Like this is good stuff.
1: Absolutely. Because sexual attractions themselves are neither good nor bad. It's what we do with them that may be good or bad. And that's an important distinction. Let's not assume that the attraction is necessarily Bad. It may be quite natural, given you know your life history and, and everything else. But what you, you do with that, how you what you emphasize, how you act on it or don't act on it, that may be very good or very bad, uh, depending on what you pursue. Mm-hmm.
0: It is profound. Your story is so powerful, and these insights are really important. And yet, as we talk about this topic, I'm highly aware of how delicate this conversation is, how tricky it is to talk about because of very legitimate concerns about what people call conversion therapy and all of the harm that has been done in the name of trying to change someone's sexuality. Rich, what is so-called conversion therapy?
1: Well, I'm glad you said so-called because the term is really, it comes more from the media and from activists than anywhere there's no modality of conversion therapy that you know like there is with uh with cognitive behavioral therapy or something like that so it's kind of a a phrase that is used to suggest and it implies two things it implies that a therapist or church or somebody is trying to make someone else's sexuality change. They're trying to force change on someone, uh, number one. And two, that they're using shaming or hateful uh, techniques to do that. Obviously, both of those are completely wrong and completely harmful and should never happen. I've talked with literally thousands of men over the past 20 years about these issues. And I remember two men having told me stories about where they did experience electric shock therapy uh related to their same-sex attraction and another man who experienced an exorcism from his church that was trying to you know exercise this demon of, of same-sex attraction brothers road position on conversion therapy is that whatever that means first the the client has the right to self-determination he decides the goals with the help of the therapist and that it has to be affirming and positive and upbuilding, and doesn't presume that anyone can change anyone else's sexuality, or that that what someone's sexuality is necessarily bad or wrong or evil. So, in my in my work, uh, we help men discover their own path and what's right for them, what's going to bring them uh, the greatest peace.
0: I also want to be really clear that at Husband Material. Our core values are curiosity and compassion. Condemnation, coercion, and contempt are not allowed. And any kind of therapy or approach that is based on those things is unethical. It's not okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm completely aligned with you on that. And I love the curiosity. And the compassion. I'm curiosity is like my favorite emotion because you can't be in shame and curi- authentically curious at the same time, right? So to invite that curiosity of like, that's interesting. Why would I have this attraction or where would this come from rather than oh my God, I have this, you know, horrible thing. Um, it's it's so inviting of self-discovery, which Brothers wrote is huge on, is self-discovery, looking at where where's this coming from? Where, what, what's the best? Given that I am where I am, that I feel what I feel, what is my best life possible? How can I best serve God? How can I live the best life possible without saying I have to change myself and be like this in order to be ha- have a happy life? It's like well, what if that doesn't happen? Given that you are who you are, you are where you are. How do you have? The best life possible in this and, and in alignment with your values
0: rich what is the mission of brothers road mission of brothers road our, our
1: short answer is we're men supporting each other and aligning our sexual choices with our values faith and life goals uh, to speak more broadly we're men doing healing work, supporting each other in doing healing work to find answers and find happiness and peace in the lives that that we live um, within a, a community of brothers. Some healing can only be done in community. It, it can't be. It some healing can't be done one to one with a therapist or a pastor. It can only be done in community to feel it, that kind of acceptance, to be seen and. And known are two of our core messages uh we tell people if you gain nothing else we want you to know that you are good and valuable just as you are and second you have brothers who see your shadows and accept you just as you are and that that can be life-changing
0: whether or not anything else ever changes yeah yes. Rich, can you say more about Journey into Manhood, that experiential weekend that so many Husband Material men have done?
1: Sure. Thank you. Uh, I I started Brothers Road first as a website of testimonials, and I thought I was done. That's all I was going to do. And then somebody said, wait, we need community. And this is before social media, really. So we started, started Yahoo groups. And then um, I, I felt called to more um, that to do in-person healing work. And so I brought together a lot of from my own healing experience, my therapy, the 12-step programs, the men's workshop I had done and created something uniquely uh, for men at the time, for men dealing with same-sex attraction. And uh, that it was experiential, which means it's not a conference where we just talk to you and motivate you, as, as powerful as that can often be. Um, but you're actually going to step in and do some individual healing work. I mean, from the start, you're looking at other men eye to eye and processing, okay, what's going on with me as I look another man in the eyes? A lot of men don't look at other men in the eyes. And so while they do, you know, is that scary? Is that am I attracted to the guy? If so, what's going on with me? Is he judging me? Uh, so that's just a really simple example of real-time processing what's going on. And so we we continue from there and kind of increase the experiential components until we get to a, a place of where we, we do a version of psychodrama, which is an emotional role play. Go back to a time in your life uh, uh, where that was a, a significant wound that doesn't feel healed. And let's go revisit that. And we've got these the circle of men here. They're gonna be able to be step in as actors and represent, you know, the guy who bullied you or your father, or your mother, or whatever, and hold that energy while you kind of recreate what happened and let's relive that from a healing standpoint. Bring in your most mature, healthy self to rescue the wounded kid, or bring in uh, a superhero or Jesus or whatever to alter what happened. Um, we can't change what happened really, but we can, the the memory is pretty pliable. So you can have a different emotional response to the same event uh, than you might otherwise. And so it's just powerful work.
0: Yeah. It sounds very similar to what we're doing at the husband material retreat. It's healing the boy. So the man will appear.
1: Nice. Yeah. There's definitely inner child work. There's, um, a golden ideal father that we meet envision being affirmed by uh, there's opportunities to look at our judgments about women the labels we put on them how we react to them uh, it just it, it there's a uh, there's a lot that happens in a short amount of time and because it's 48 hours 50 hours something from when you get there till you leave It's intense, you know, and you don't have your phone, you're not looking at social media, you're not being distracted by news. You're in this, what we call sacred space or even altered space to really deal with your emotional baggage.
0: Yeah. And pursue change, real change.
1: Yes. Change of heart, whatever that means. Bring So typically men leave on a high, sometimes beyond what they've experienced as far as getting a view of themselves and their best selves, their healed selves, what that feels like, that they can, that they can be there. So one of the challenges, you know, is to maintain that or integrate that into their lives because you can't stay in that space. You have to go grocery shopping. You have to go to work. You have to get up with the baby. Um, So, but, but to get a glimpse of, yes, that, that can be me, that healed um, golden energy. We call it golden masculine energy. That you can live there. And so, if I take everything that Brothers Road teaches and experiences and try to put it into the simplest terms possible, it would be to live your life every day as much as possible in your best self, your highest self, your golden masculine state, as much as possible. Because you can't live there and live in shame. You can't live there and go to lust. So, the work is really about capturing that best self, whatever that means, and learning to access that energy. Part of my work, I found that, you know what, I can, I can actually do that Um, at in times when I am called on to be my best self, like in a podcast, or, you know, nobody wants a depressed life coach, right? <laughs> so It's like, damn, I have to be charismatic and up, uplifting in 20 minutes. Okay, so I got to pull it together. So my best self is going to show up. I know how to do that. um, When I have to, then it becomes, how do I do that? Just when I want to and maintain that.
0: Yeah. That's so awesome. Guys, if you're feeling fired up about this and excited, please go down to the show notes. I've got all the links to Brothers Road, Journey into Manhood, and you can connect with Rich.
1: Yeah. My phone number is on the website. Um, I'm very accessible. So, if you want to call and talk, if uh, you know you want to find out more, there's a lot of a lot of content on our website about these issues.
0: And you can also reach out to Rich inside the husband material community. That's right, Rich. What is your favorite thing about freedom from porn?
1: It's this this clarity of thought of feeling freedom uh, from that that quicksand of lust um it's just it's so good to live in that space and to be that man that it's it's completely worth it one of the uh, one of the things we we talk about heart power not versus willpower changing asking god to change our hearts i i don't want to just not look at porn i want to not want to look at porn right I want to be free from that desire altogether because just not looking at it with, you know, white knuckled resistance is no fun at all. So that's what I call it. We call it heart power of using the power of the heart and asking God to change our hearts so that we want something better. So the focus, because you can't just not do porn. You have to do something else instead. That time has to be filled that energy, the the underlying needs, that has to be met or the time has to be filled in some way. So, uh, I always ask the question, you know, you're giving up what porn and masturbation, hooking up with men, whatever you're giving that up because you want more, what you want more is what, what is it that will make that worth it? We have to aspire to something better than, than that. It can't be, you know, it's cause I have to, cause the Bible says, because my wife says, you know, that's not going to do it. You know, there has to be something more powerful that is motivating enough to say, I I want that more.
0: Man, I love that concept of heart power. Our hearts can change. Our thoughts can change our emotions and ultimately our actions can change. Maybe the way that our sexuality shows up will more or less be the same over the course of our lifetime. But when it comes to our hearts, There is so much hope for healing. Definitely. Man, this is so good. Rich, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your voice, your heart, your face, and your story.
1: Thank you. I love how aligned we are in our perspectives. I think it's so needed in the world and in in the Christian world um, that doesn't want to necessarily even address these kinds of things in, in the church. So thank you for your ministry and your work.
0: You're welcome. And guys, if you want to respond to this episode and if it's bringing up some stuff that you want to share, go into the Husband Material community and let's talk about it. Always remember you are God's beloved Son. In you, He is well pleased.